Guru Nation, thank you for checking out another episode of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. If this is your first time here, or maybe not, I appreciate it. Like, subscribe, leave a review. I really appreciate it. I wanted to get my sponsors out of the way. The first one is my DSCS site network. We help sites get studies, help them do their budgets, help them with SOPs, a shoulder to cry on, anything you can think of. We help sites across the country do. The more sites in our network, the easier it is for us to get studies and from sponsors and CROs directly. If you're interested, check out the link in the show notes, a low monthly subscription fee. That's my company. Also, CRA Academy. If you're interested in learning how to become a CRA, check out the CRA Academy. The only program out there with a real internship opportunity through my CRO for all graduates of the Academy. Also, CRC Academy, same thing, but for coordinators with real internship opportunities. And now I wanted to get to my sponsors who help make this show consistently available to you and well-produced. First one is Viva Site Vault. Links in the show notes. Free electronic investigator site file. Free digital signatures. Free delegation of authorities log, all digital, go paperless. It's completely free. If you ever wanted to try going digital, at least for the investigator site file, check out Viva, link in the show notes. Next is Versatrial. It keeps your study portals organized. It's collaborative. So all staff at your site can get access and use it. We have 12 15 links sometimes per study to different portals. This keeps everything in one place. It keeps all your passwords. So it's just one click. And it also has an amazing feasibility tool to help you do feasibility surveys a lot quicker and a lot more efficiently for free. Next sponsor is Creo. This is the only one that's not free, but I think it's well worth it. It's eSource, it's eReg, it's CTMS, it's patient recruitment, it's patient payments. And you don't need to try all those things at once. You pay for what you need, but it is amazing. Once you start using it, most likely for the e-source, you're gonna want the CTMS. You're gonna want the automatic invoicing. So when you click on your e-source, dry ice was used for a lab, it will automatically send the invoice to the sponsor for the dry ice, saves you time. Countless things like this in Creo, amazing tool, check it out. Next sponsor is Inato for experienced sites. If you wanna get studies for free, Inato's the way to go. I just got my first study recently through Inato. It did take a few studies for me to filter through, but Inato actually does a really good job of making sure that it's a study that you actually wanna take. And they even do one-on-one -on -one Zoom calls with you and your PI or whomever from the site wants to join to see if a study is the right fit for you. And it's absolutely free. They get nothing out of it. I think the sponsors pay them on the back end. And it's amazing. So check it out. Inato, link underneath in the show notes, free. Finally, my last sponsor, 1N Health. This is a central patient recruitment vendor. They currently do not work with sites. But if you're a sponsor or a CRO, they are the best. I've used all of them. I've been doing this for 17 years plus. They are the best leads, the best interface for coordinators. You can text patients directly from the portal. 
they literally saved one of my studies recently, both at my site. We were just screen failing patients left and right until we finally used one end health and we got ourselves a respectable randomization number all through one end health. And they also did this entire study wide sponsor was able to end enrollment successfully because of them. I've never used, I've never been a fan of central patient recruitment vendors. This is the best one. Check them all out. Links in the show notes. With that being said, enjoy the show. Live, 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 Guru Nation. Welcome back. Thank you so much for watching. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment, share. We've got an excellent, excellent video. I think this is like we've been talking already for 20 minutes behind the scenes. That was like another podcast, but it was only us four in there, us five. So sorry, that was exclusive, exclusive. But we're going to try to replicate some of that magic. We've got a really good panel. We're going to talk about ClinOps budgets, e-source from the site zero sponsor tech vendor perspective. The first guest is Jill Hines. She is the CEO of Care Institute, which is a site network specializing in cardio and renal research, as well as the president of injury care research and family care research mm-hmm. in Idaho. Mia Castaniero, business development manager at Creo. Robert Goldman, who is running the show at a small biotech. He's been on before numerous times. That's going to be the sponsor perspective. And then Chris Sauber, all things contract and budgets from DSCS site network. Uh, let's just get right into it, guys. And um, eSource is kind of taking over. We're using it. And interesting happening, though, where sponsors are starting to force sites. You've got to use our platforms. And then a site like myself, we're using Creo. Well, no, we already have a platform we'd like to use. Well, sponsors say, well, we don't care. You got to use ours, even if it means uploading from yours to ours, which is what we're doing. That creates a bunch of complications. What's the original source? This is not mentioning the portals for e-diaries and all that stuff. We're just talking basic, like, progress note documentation. And so... This opens up a whole bunch of questions on the ClinOps, regulatory, budgets, and we've got a great panel to help us walk us through this because everyone's kind of dealing with this. So, Jill, what do you think, first of all, when someone, when a sponsor forces you to use one of their tools? Um, so we, yeah, we also are a Creo user and we've been using Creo for I've, back when Creo only had eSource, they didn't have the total solution. So I've been a customer and using eSource for, I want to say five years. It's been a long time. Um, so I was kind of an early adopter of it, which means I was an early adopter of trying to get it paid for, an early adopter to get sponsors to sign on and allow us to use it, etc. And the one thing I kind of always go back to is, and and in my bookshelf behind me, I have a folder where I'll pull out and I'll say, per the code of federal regulations, part such and such, the, the people who own the source is not the sponsor. It is always and forever the site until they change the code of federal regulations, which happens never. <laughs> so 
it, I own the source. It's my job to provide it and to build it or use it. And if the study sponsor wants to provide a tool, I get to have the choice in using it or not. And back in the day, and we were talking about this in the first 20 minutes, like you said, offline, I've been doing clinical research since 2001. Um, and so I, I come out of the days where coordinators didn't even have computers. We all had paper calendars and the carbon copy case report forms. And study sponsors back in those days would provide paper source documents. We'd get these giant binders of source and that was the patient's folder. Um, that was fine. I mean, we, we used it. And then the pendulum swung away from that where they said, no, wait, CFR say we're, um, we, we shouldn't be giving these to you. And then sites started to develop their own source. And that's been the case for the last 10, 15 years, easy, where sites have developed their own paper source and then e-source. And now we're starting to see these sponsors offer, because it took a while for the sponsors to get on board with e-source. Now they're realizing you can't, like there's, there's audit trails, you can't post date things like paper has. They, I mean, that's it's more truth in the paper, or I mean, excuse me, in the e-source than there ever was in paper. It's in real time. So study sponsors are signing up for it left and right. But now, like you said, Dan, they're starting to require certain e-source vendors to use. And I really push back. I, I haven't seen that a lot yet. Um, you guys were saying it's starting to happen. I haven't seen it when we do get it. We've got it for e-regulatory a little bit where they wanted us to use uh, an e-regulatory system. But again, our e-reg is, is in Creo. And I just tell them no. <laughs> I mean, it's just a flat out hard no. Um, like I was saying, when you have, when you have a site do a one-off, and this is my argument that I make to the study sponsors, when I'm in negotiation of the contracts and budgets and how we're going to run the study, I tell them, you know what, my coordinators are trained in the same manner across all studies. If you give me one study with a one-off, you can bet your bottom dollar, you're going to have more protocol deviations and more missed data because we're not doing it in the way we are used to doing. So when you when you ask us that you're going to, you're not going to get as good of data. That's, that's the bottom line. And so I push back, I push back politely. I push back respectfully. Um, I make a intelligent argument. I have a lot of justification documents that I've developed that help me. And for the most part, I've not had a study sponsor um, really override me on it. They've been like, okay, I guess you've, you've made your argument. I mean, it comes even to stipend cards. Sometimes they want us to use a central vendor for stipend cards, but again, that's through our system and I can track it and I can run reports at the end of the year of which patients I need to 1099. I, it's just a benefit. So I tell them we have our own stipend use, just put it in our budget and we'll pay for it through ours. Absolutely. And I find that a lot of sites don't know that they can ask and that they prefer to use their own solutions that they've adopted across their site and across all their studies. Um, so that goes for e-source you mentioned, e-consent, e-regulatory and patient stipends. Sometimes when those solutions are provided, by the sponsors for studies, that's really valuable. But if you already have those on site across all of your studies, your team is trained on them, you have SOPs in place for that. Sometimes it's just must be much easier to already use what you have in hand. Um, but I think you have to do an evaluation of, okay, these tools being provided to me, are they gonna allow for efficiencies for me to better, better run this study, enroll, screen patients, collect data? Or is this adding more workflows and duplicative steps for my staff and for my coordinator? So if you already are collecting the data in one place and then you're asked to scan and upload it to another place, again, that's an additional step. Um, so I think consideration of is this allowing for efficiency um, with my coordinators or not should be an important factor in that decision making. Yeah, Chris, and, uh, what do you think? Or Jill, oh, sorry. 
Well, I want to, you mentioned policies and SOPs. That's Mia, that's bar none. The best thing right there is if you just say it's not our policy. And I got a CDA just the other day that um, they asked me, does your policies allow electronic signatures? So these study sponsors are aware that different sites, especially at certain medical centers, big medical centers, they've got SOPs and policies and red tape up the yin yang. Mm -hmm. They understand every site has different issues. And so if you just say our policy is we are not allowed to do it, the, the minute that most of the time that backs them off very quickly. So Mia, to your point, come up with some really good policies and procedures of how your site does it. And then you provide it. Here's our policy on it. I'm so sorry. We can't do that. Our policy states we're not allowed. Absolutely. Are used to hearing that. Mm -hmm. Chris, you're usually a skeptic. Well, and I am in this case as well. Um, <laughs> so the only pushback really that I would provide to that would be because a lot of, I know a lot of individuals who are watching this are considering like doctors considering getting into research. And what I would advise them is in Jill's vein here, in terms of pushing back, we're not going to do this. This is against our SOPs. This is problematic for our site. I don't know if you're a research name physician, would I push back like that? One is because you're trying to establish yourself until you're established, until you have some experience, this, this may push sponsors away potentially. Right. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. You're going to do it our way or forget about it. The sponsor will say, okay, we'll forget about you then. That's, <laughs> that's my opinion. I think until you've established yourself and you have a reputation, you're better going along to get along. I agree. You need to earn the right to be able to do that to where the sponsor says, well, you know what? We still need Jill sites for this. So yep. let's talk internally. That was a lot more leeway. Yeah. So I'm, I'll actually push back on that. I'm going to, we're going to agree to disagree maybe. So my whole job right now is standing up new investigators. I mean, I'm bringing in new investigators into our cardio renal Institute. Mm -hmm. I think but if you're you. Established network. You're established network. No, I'm we are not. We are, we're not even a year old, Chris. No, no. At my other company, so I run two different companies right now. One is very established. It's 15 plus okay. years in the books. Um, good reputation. Cardio Renal Institute is less than a year old. It started um, September. Of, I guess it's the, I, we're turning a year this month. Um, and we birthday. are standing up new investigators. Here's mm -hmm. where I would still push back on study sponsors. These are brand new investigators who have never actually taken part in research. Sometimes they're even brand new coordinators not taking part in research. But if you come, like, I think if you come in at a position of weakness, you can, it's very hard to fight your way back out of that first. Second, if you come in a position of strength saying, well, we may be new, we've, we've given it thought on how we want to run this site and we want to be a center of excellence for you. And here's what we're implementing. We're implementing Creo or, you know, whatever systems we've got these policies, we've got these SOPs and you come at a position of strength saying, I've thought these pr processes through. All of my, and I've got five or six now through Cardio Renal Institute have said, you're right. You know what? I think they take you more seriously. They don't feel like they can push you around. And then you've got to stand and prove it. I mean, you, you've got to sure. be the center of excellence. So you've got to, you've got to give them good patients. Um, you've got to give them good data. But as long as you do that and back it up, 
That's you, well, what's you your position. You can be a center of excellence pretty quickly as long as you know. But I've also done a lot of education of myself. I can quote most of those code of federal regulations. I've literally read every every word. If I showed you the binder, it's flagged, it's taped, it's this because I pull it out all the time. So you do have to show the sponsors. I know what I'm talking about. And then sure. they back off even then. So what, but what you're hypothetically or actually proposing there is different than what I was speaking to. You're okay, stating sorry. if they're using green fire, we're not going to be using green fire. Or we have this system in place that we're going to be using. And you say, no, we're not going to be using that. That's where I'm saying you're asking for trouble, in my opinion. Saying we're going to use Creo when there is no e-source that they're using, that's fine, right? And establishing that you're capable and this serves a purpose to both the sponsor and your site, that's fine. I'm speaking in terms of when you're asking the sponsors to make exceptions to what they're doing for your site. Me too. I have a city sponsor right now, a very large city sponsor who wanted us to use their patient travel company. Uh -huh. Told them no, and we're, we're fine. And it's our first study in on it. They've never worked with Cardio Renal Institute before. Fair um, enough. I just, I wouldn't advise. I, maybe I'm just meaner. I mean, Stephanie came on and throwing down. Maybe I just am throwing down a little bit. Jill Hines I, throwing down. I'm well, here's throwing the down. Maybe I've got my gloves on. Here's the difference though, Jill. Like you, you are an experienced, like your PI, some of them might be research naive. Brand new. Right. But you are the person running the show. So I think True. you're right in that sense, because you're the one that's like speaking for them. Chris, what he's advising, what we usually work with are like independent sites that get advice from us. And we tell them just take, you know, the first thing you got to do is just get some studies under your belt. Get some experience. Then you can start fighting later because then they need to become like you essentially, but they're not going to be you overnight. They've got to learn to, it. Like you need to know the rules and regulations. I'll say that. Don't, don't Every go site needs a Jill. Every site needs a Jill. But you know what? <laughs> We're doing all this talking sites tech vendor and there's one guy just look at him he's just leaning back he's like we're the boss in sleep. a video game like we we went through all these levels but we got to the boss the boss from the sponsor it doesn't matter what we think he's gonna decide robert what do you think so far on this conversation you know i i respect joe's tenacity um agree with everything <laughs> i you know she she's not wrong. I don't disagree with anything she has said. Um, it's very dependent. It's very dependent on the on the sponsor. You know, um, small biotech perspective. We're very risk averse. We're we're not going to. We, we have a standard of of what we expect to be carried out with. And just as a site has the you know ability to say no, thank you. Likewise, we we as well. Um, so I don't think I would engage in a back and forth argument, you know, if, if that's Jill's position and she substantiates it with CFR quotes and policies and procedures, you know, it's ultimately up to the sponsor whether or not they want to engage the site. Um, again, it's very study dependent. I mean, certain times, yes, you know, oh, this is great. It works. It makes sense. But there's other times and other scenarios where, you know, stringency is required and there's just no flexibility in vendor choice for various reasons. Um, I don't think a transportation company is, an, is a phenomenal example. I think that's 
I mean, that that's, you know, a transportation company that it doesn't, I mean, to mandate you have to, why, you know, Uber works just <laughs> as good as anything. Like, so I'm just saying, I'm not sure that was a phenomenal example in terms of, you know, pushing back on the sponsor and winning that we didn't want to use your transportation company. Um, I think a better example is like Chris mentioned, you know, if the study's using green fire and you're like, no, we want to use CRPN. Um, and that's the only one we're going to use tough luck. That is a situation where, you know, you, you know, we as a sponsor may say, you know, well, well, you know, everyone is using this. You're the only site pushing back and the juice isn't worth the squeeze, regardless of how well you do your job. So there's a happy medium. You know, we acknowledge that sites are our partners and they're critical to our mission. But at the same time, there's a lot of sites out there, folks, a lot of sites to choose from. And I'm not necessarily personally me from a sponsor perspective. Again, I come from a small biotech, so I have, you know, I'm the head of clinical operations, so I have a, a different thought process than somebody else whom you may be negotiating with, Jill. But I personally would just not engage with, with you know, mandates and, and things like that. I agree. Yes, you own your source. You own your processes. You're going to tell me how you're going to do the study. That's fine. But there are certain items that are just not negotiable. And again, it's very study specific. So my opinion is everybody should be flexible you should give you should hear each other out sponsors oh, included sure. should hear the sites out and listen to the rationale you know if jill comes in and says listen robert i'm using a b c and d i'm not going to use e and f from your study but i'm using this in place of it and here's why why would i you know there, there'd be no reason for me just to say no or dispute why she wants to do that you know, I would I would allow that. I mean, it's not a, a simple no just because I'm being stubborn and unflexible. And I encourage all other sponsor friends to do the same. Listen to rationale, listen to reason, ensure they have the processes and procedures to back it up. And in the event that, you know, it doesn't come to be what it was supposed to be, perhaps there's some verbiage in the CTA to protect both parties in the event it doesn't unfold the way that you expect it to unfold. Ultimately, I'm sure, Jill, you'll agree, regardless of what happens and what processes you have, the buck stops with your PI. You know, your PI is ultimately responsible oh, at the yeah. end of the day. And if the protocol and things are not followed and, you know, it, that, that's what matters to me, not so much what vendor you're using and why. Um, again, that's just my two cents. I totally agree. And the way so because I came in too hot, maybe. I, like I said earlier, the discussion is on a respectful level. It's on a, Hey, here's why we do it the way we do it. Sure. It's, it's not done as a mandate, but I will say it, it is treated kind of like a mandate. Cause I will walk away from studies for certain, for certain changes, because I just know my staff is going to have too many deviations. And as you just said, Robert, the buck stops with my PI and protecting him. So that means we have to provide quality data. So if I, if I can't see myself providing quality data using the study sponsors, mm -hmm. you know, required things. We'll, you, we'll choose to not do it. But I have kind of a two-part aspect of that. One, and this is across all studies, whether you're a small biotech, a large, you know, major pharma company, it doesn't matter. The one thing that talks is patience. So as prior to this in the 20 minutes, I, I work with small biotechs all the time. And actually, they're my favorite people to work with because as sites, we actually get more say in how things work. We're, I feel like we're more of a partner with the small biotechs. And Absolutely. we have biotechs that we've repeated with for, shoot, five, five studies in and probably 
four or five years of working with some of the same biotechs. And we absolutely love working with those partners. So I, I appreciate that. But the one thing that talks about all across all sponsors is patience. So we had a small biotech. They were kind of going, I don't know. We don't know if we want to use you because of, you know, we were requiring to use Creo. They wanted us to use their paper provided source. And we just haven't used paper forever. We wouldn't even know what to do with it, nor do we have the space. Um, so we pushed back and I said, you know what, we've got 10 patients I can enroll right now. And they're hurting. They want this move in. And they came out to our site. They came, they, they said, prove it. And I said, come to our site. They came to our site. They saw the patients. They're like, yeah, let's get you onboarded fast. And we're going to be their first site onboarded. So don't, the, the, the real thing is, is don't take studies that you do not have the patients for. If you might have the patients for it, say no, you can't like, no, nobody wants a goose egg. It's not good for the site. And it's really bad for the study sponsor. So be honest on your feasibility questionnaires and then be honest with the study sponsor of where I can and where I cannot perform. And I can guarantee you those study sponsors are going to be a lot more flexible if I can prove here's my here's my patients come on site so you can actually look and see the patient names, not just, you know, an Excel spreadsheet I'm giving you. And it is a surgical intervention study. And so, you know, that always talks. The other thing is, is, you know, like you said, everybody needs to be a bit flexible. I agree. But if flexibility is going to decrease, and Mia kind of spoke to that, if if flexibility is going to decrease quality, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't do it because again, as a site who has gone through FDA audits, I have gone through a couple FDA audits. That jeopardizes my site as a whole, not just the study. Is if we get a 483, every study sponsor from then to Timbuktu is going to ask for it. If we get major protocol deviations. It, a warning letter, thank goodness, that's never something I'm too worried about. But like that affects your ability as a site to continue business, period. So Joe, and what's an example, sponsors, not to interrupt you, but like, what's yeah, yeah, an example, please. what's an example of a, and again, you know, I agree with everything you're saying here, by the way, and, and I'm also a huge fan of Creo, just wanted to point that out. Yeah, but sure. um, what is an example for the audience watching that a sponsor would come to you and say, hey, I, you know, we want you to do this, but you know it's going to decrease your efficiencies and potentially lead to quality problems above and beyond paper source. What's another example in your experience that you've run into? Because I'm, I'm quite curious myself. We don't have it. Like what? Like I said, one, a couple sponsors have wanted us to use their – they wanted us to put, use their e-reg binder. Um which is just to me, I told, I told the sponsor, I'm like, that's just you cheating. Cause now I'm filing into your guys' trial master file. I don't need to do your work for you. I'm going to do it at my site. And we use Creo for that. And my, we allow our study sponsors to sign or not our study sponsors, our PIs to sign off on regulatory documents in there. Something they didn't have the capacity for in that central um, e-reg solution that they needed um, and I said, you're taking away my ability for my PIs and sub eyes to review safety reports, you know, the IND safety reports, right. I, I, you know, things like that. Yeah. I think, I think that's just a misinformed sponsor because for me, I know that I can go into Creo's ERAG and I can download those, those, um, documents. And I have the CRO who I'm outsourcing this work to pull the necessary documents, upload them to the TMF problem solved. Yep. So, I mean, you know, th that's just a, that, that again is not you know, for me, I would never not engage with, you know, your site because you want to use your own ESIF. I mean, the EISF, I mean, that that's fine. I don't, I mean, I think again, that, that is just a misguided, misunderstood, and it could be the CRO representative. It could be the sponsor representative, you know, man, like 
as a sponsor, if you're if you're out there, you know, listening to this, like that, that would be not a, a very smart move. Like I, I, well, I don't. And let me be clear. You know, and not to interrupt you, I apologize, but let me be yeah. clear. Every single time I've, again, respectfully educated the study sponsor as to why we do it. Mm-hmm. I've never had a study sponsor walk away from any of my quote mandates. I haven't. I've never had a sponsor say, never mind, we're not going to use you. And I've never had to bend to a way that I'm uncomfortable. So is it great. is a conversation, Robert, just like you said, it's, it's really yeah. just educating them as to why we do it this way. The checks and balances. Um, Mia can say that in Creo, they've got these great validation documents, and then we show how we validate within our site. So I have, again, the, the, the proof of concept and the, um, the rationalization documents that I send to the sponsor saying, we've thought this out and we will not be screwing up your study. And as long as you have that, the study sponsors are all like, oh, okay, yeah, I see. I got it. And I've never had one actually walk away. And I've yet to ever walk away as well mm-hmm. because of these things. It's, it's exactly what you said it's a conversation and it's yeah. done and everybody it's a win-win. We don't all have to, it's, it's, you know, there's a way for yes. everybody to get that piece of this pie. The first time, want. first time Jill's on the pod, I got to have you on again. You'd be, you would be the type of person we would want as a business partner. Uh, oh, but, and this Very is one nice. of the easiest podcasts I've ever done, by the way. So thank you guys. This is amazing. Yeah, oh, I, no. anybody that knows me knows I talk. <laughs> All right, but let's Sorry. talk about getting let's talk about getting paid. Okay. Wait, wait. Like- Before moving on, Dan, I just okay. want to add another forewarning to those research name physicians who are watching. You can lose studies. I know Jill says she never has. And I oh no, I've, I've lost studies, but not because of what we're talking about. Okay. In fact, well, I walked away. Studies- a sponsor walked away just earlier okay. last week. Okay. So your request can cause you to lose a study. Just be aware of that. So again, what I'm, again, what I started with Jill and which Dan explained, until you have experience in this industry, you don't know what could be problematic, right? So just be cautious when you're new in this industry. Or you got yeah, a and Jill in your and back I'll, pocket. Yeah, or, or if you have Jill, yeah, or if you have Jill consulting for you, exactly. But I will also, <laughs> or, or Dan. Will, yeah, or Dan and you exactly. I will caution other studied, you know, green sites. Correct. You know, if you're, you know, we get, I get hundreds of emails a month, hundreds from clinicaltrials.gov. Um, I just got one this morning. You know, <laughs> Dan, Dan knows this very well. Where, where, you know, sites are looking for an opportunity. Send um, me feasibility now, Robert. Yeah, now, like it's yeah, they're entitled <laughs> to it. They're they're pretty funny. Sometimes I share them with Dan. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Chris makes a very valid point. Um, you know, if I look up your track record, you send me a CV that has no industry experience and you have a process because you're listening to this pod because Jill can do it. You, I, I'm going to walk away faster than, than you can do. So, but Chris makes a very good point for the audience. You know, take, you know, understand that you, it takes decades to get to where Jill is at. It's not yeah. an overnight thing. I'm, I'm 20 plus years in. That is All true. Right, so she's very experienced. And so, you know, you can use these tactics, but you also have to have the experience to back it up. Because again, remember the risk aversity that exists on our end. Yep. You know, I've, I've, I've shared on this pod many times where we've been burned by sites who overpromise the world, you know, and they're willing to make concessions and they're willing to add verbiage to the contracts. They're willing to make budgetary concessions. And it's just like, wow, this is too good to be true. It probably is. And Chris is absolutely correct. You know, you do stand a very high likelihood of a chance of losing an opportunity if you're too rigid 
without having Jill's experience. So just take that for what it's mm -hmm. worth. And I think that's important to put out as a caveat. I'm probably somewhere in between. Like I'm dealing with this right now, actually. And thank God, Creo, I've been a Creo user before they've been a sponsor. Thank God I'm using Creo because it's literally I click one button and I could download and upload my source into whatever XYZ portal the sponsor wants me to use. Now, is that extra work? Should I be paid extra for it? I mean, this is kind of our next topic, but I'm somewhere in between on that spectrum. The more experience we get, I'm going to tend to side more with Jill, but where we're at with some of our PIs, you get a take study that you can get as you grow. So budgets, right? Stephanie watching on the sidelines said, look, I speak to so many small and brand new sites that need help to get paid for the tech that they have invested in already. Shout out to Chris. He's doing, he does all our budgets. I don't do anything. I don't even look at the budget after Chris negotiate. That's it. Sign done. I don't need to look at it. What is your best advice when you have tech you want to use, but feel as if you can't get paid enough to cover the cost of it? We'll go Chris and then maybe Jill after what you think about this. Well, um, it's funny because I think Robert and I were on a conversation not too long ago about this, um, a phone call, maybe last week. And again, it, and we were discussing this prior to going live. You know, most sponsors now will cover your costs, but not all. I mean, it's just the way it is. So unfortunately, you don't have a list out there who's going to cover all my costs and who's not. Um, <laughs> So really, it's a matter of just having a conversation. Um, and as Jill had said, just be respectful. You know, mm -hmm. uh, if one thing that I found that does help sometimes when you're dealing with a sponsor who's just not going to pay for something or is not going to pay enough, ask to have a phone call with them, telephone with them. Um, sometimes when you have a heart to heart with somebody, you know, uh, kind of in person or with a phone as in person as you can be opposed to email um it can be helpful so and you, and you can relay a lot more information they can ask questions that they may not ask in an email so yeah try and get on the phone um but to answer your question sometimes you're just gonna have to accept that if you want to work on the study or you can make a demand but you could lose the study right um i worked with a very experienced site as their budget negotiator for a while. Um, and they had demands. <laughs> if a sponsor didn't meet them, they weren't doing the study. And they lost some studies. So one of their demands was they expected, and some sponsors will pay this and some won't, they expected to be paid the same dollar amount for a reconsent as an initial consent. Um, most sponsors paid that, but some didn't. There was two studies she lost because they wouldn't pay. And they, she lost the studies over that specific reason. She said, well, either pay it or we're not doing your study. And they said, okay, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Well, that is, that's a classic example of them not being flexible enough. Because if you think about that dollar amount that you're fighting over, <laughs> A, reconsents may, may or may not happen. But even yeah. if they do, put put 12 or 20 patients in. You're talking, you know, 20, 50, whoever much knows per patient. You put 20 patients in. Yeah, you put 20 patients in. It's probably a, 
thousand dollars, generally speaking. But again, you're fighting over a thousand dollars when the whole yeah. contract might be two hundred thousand. I mean, yeah. you're stepping over uh, dimes to think. <laughs> no, I don't disagree. That. Completely don't disagree. I yeah. just forewarning people out there: you can lose when making demands. So and and so to give a personal story, I did. I, I walked away from a sponsor. We kind of mutually decided this wasn't going to fit. Um, last week, uh, and it was because you know I I have costs that I over. 15 years have really, I know my costs and I know my expenses and I know losing a study, we're talking like it's a bad thing. It isn't. It is, it is actually preferred if you're going to lose money on that study. If you aren't going to be able to hit your nut on it, it you can't do it because nobody can work for free. So know your costs. Every site should develop a, a master charge sheet. And it should be for all your procedures. And that includes not only the time it takes to do the procedure, but if the PI or if it has to be sent off somewhere, do a time analysis on each of your procedure costs fully. And they can't, they won't always be clinic costs. So for example, an EKG, you can, there's a CPT code for EKGs. That's cool. Use the CPT code. That's fair market value. That's legit cost. But then you do need to have a little extra because for that particular EKG, you might have to upload into a, a center, central EKG thing. You have to get the report. The PI has to sign up. Stuff has to happen in a research study that doesn't necessarily have to happen in a clinic. And time that out and then multiply that by your coordinator time that's going to be spent. So spend time making a charge sheet for procedures. And then the next, and mine's all in an Excel spreadsheet, really. I'm, gonna, I'm not even that sophisticated on it. The next sheet on my Excel spreadsheet is time, staff time. Like how much time should I charge for my staff? You know, if I if I have a coordinator that's making X amount per hour, I'm also paying benefits, I'm paying their taxes, I'm paying. So know what my coordinator actually costs me or know what my PIs cost. Then the next one is I have another sheet at the bottom for all my line items. And that line item that I include is my tech. Um, how much does using Creo cost me? And I should know that because I wouldn't be using Creo. It's not a never, like study sponsors oftentimes will say, that's the cost of doing business. But I, my, I challenged and I said, well, if I wasn't doing your study, I wouldn't have to buy this binder or this, you know, the study cost from Creo. I wouldn't be inflicting that cost on my site. So it's not, it is directly, you know, it's directly translated to you, me doing your study. And this particular study sponsor last week didn't want to pay it. And I, I, I can't do research for free. I wish I could because I actually am so um, passionate about it. I, I wish I could do it for free, but we all have to put the lights on. So, I mean, just be aware that losing a study, if it doesn't pay your costs, is, is actually a good thing. You've saved yourself. So, Mia, you do biz dev for Creo. And by the way, I think... There was like six years ago, I read this article on one of these industry publications, and they said by 2030, tech vendors are going to get a majority of the R&D budgets. And at the time, I'm like, that's crazy, you know, not CROs, tech vendors. But the more about this kind of stuff we talk, who owns the data, who allows what, companies like Creo that are smart are positioning themselves to be on both ends of the spectrum as far as sponsor facing site facing to some extent even facing the patients when it comes to payments and communications now it's like kind of obvious that the tech vendors are going to be the one facilitating all of this what we're discussing um but what i wanted to ask you mia was the sites that are having that you're having 
conversations with when does budget come into the the discussion is i would imagine it's first the cleanups like everyone's worried about because it's a new way of of doing business but when you finally do get to the budget side what do you notice are like the main reservations that they have yeah absolutely so I speak with sites every day, all day, who are interested in adopting technology, typically transitioning from paper documentation and spreadsheets for managing their trials. Um, of course, they're interested in Creo, but they're also curious if the fees of the system can be passed through in their budgets with sponsors. And there seems to be a lot of silos between sites because they're asking me and they have no idea if it can be reimbursed sometimes. If so, how much could they potentially ask for? What types of line items should they be using? Um, any tips or strategies? So there seems to be silos between sites in terms of asking for reimbursement for technology, which absolutely you certainly should be able to do so. Um, so I would be interested to hear from you all, like are there specific line items? Are there specific talk tracks that you're using in your negotiations um, to pass through the, the cost of technology? I know Jill, you mentioned that you have a technology fee. Um, I've also heard of charging remote monitoring fees. I of course archiving fees. Now we're no longer in the stone age of paper documentation. You can use it for electronic archiving, of course, startup fees. So I want to throw that back to the crowd and kind of see, especially you, Chris, how are you incorporating this into your negotiated budgets? Chris, okay. you got a layup, like an alley-oop layup for the DSC. Well, I, I would have, and I apologize, Mia, but I, I was half listening. So I was, somebody had just uh, emailed me, so I was figuring out it. Um, so uh, how do we justify costs for Creo? Is that the question? Yeah, what's your strategy? What's your, what's your talk track in the negotiations? Well, we have a number of tech um, fees that incorporate uh, Creo. Um, and it depends on the sites because I don't know if this is okay to say or not, but Creo charges differently to some of the sites. Sites that have been around for a while, like Jill, are charged less than newer sites. So these fees change. Um, so they're dependent on the site level what the fee justification total dollar amounts are. But essentially it's just justification, simple justification for using Creo. It's gotten it's gotten much easier than it was years ago, like Jill had mentioned five years ago. It was difficult to get paid. I don't know. Actually, that's a good question. What was your success rate on getting paid for these with this uh, e-source, Creo e-source five years ago? It, it was much more difficult than it is now. It's it's like almost. It was. Uh, we had to have a, a lot. Now. Yeah, we had to have a lot more conversations about it. But yeah. I think it's pretty evident. I'm I'm a dog with a bone on some things. I was married to an attorney for way too many years, maybe. I don't know. Um, I'll 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 out persevere you. Um and I and it really I've I've found it doesn't if I'm never rude. Chris, you said it the first like I don't negotiate contracts over email very much. I do it on phone and we have a conversation and I say, mm -hmm. here's why I need it. And I um so early on, I it was actually before so even before Creo existed. Um, I had an e-regulatory um, provider. So e-regulatory was the first battle I fought. And we wanted to use our e-reg. And I would show them in a dummy environment. I'd get on. And once I show them that there's audit trails, they can see when it does. And I would kind of, like again, it's just educating and taking the time. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it, I will say most study sponsors, once they kind of see there's audit trails, there's it got rid of post-dating. 
I mean, there's so many benefits to electronic. The also thing is, is they could go in even in that system and pull what they needed. Um, and so when all of a sudden, like Robert said, he can just get the info without having to wait for a coordinator to get to it to him. It's putting power into their hands too. And so I would just, I guess I would just always have the conversation of here's why it's awesome for all of us. And I, I would say all but one study, I'll tell the story because it's actually pretty funny. And I'm really good friends with this CRA right now. He was hard no, we're not doing it. Da, 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 da. So we stayed in paper regulatory for him, you know, six binders, this much paper regulatory. And they were doing a they were trying to clean it all up and he could not get out there, but they had to finish and do all this other stuff. I can't remember. And he goes two years after the study, two years worth of regulatory in paper. And he goes, can I use that e-reg option now? Can you put it in electronics so I can remote? And I'm like, no, you missed the boat, buddy. But I mean, it, it is, like I said, you just, you know, to come in hot, it, it's not how I approach people. Typically. I usually am like, here's the rationale. Let me show you. Let's jump on a zoom call. Before Zoom calls, they would come out during the site um, site selection visit, and I would sit with them during the site selection visit and show them the electronics to the CRA, so that the CRA could even they were they'd take sometimes phone pictures because again this was five ten years ago like I think seven or eight before when ERAG was going on, and I would just give them the info again I've been in the industry for twenty plus years so I saw back when study sponsors would provide us with laptops. And so I've seen the technology advance, but within all cases, and we all talk about change management all the time, change management is only hard because people are, it's the devil you know versus the devil you don't. And once you explain the devil they don't know and show it to them, it's a lot easier to get on board with a, a program like Creo. Mm -hmm. And so I just take a lot of time. The other thing I do is I do not mark up um, my tech. Some people do. I've, I've, and I don't think it's bad to um, some people, if, if I'm just making up numbers here, if your tech costs you 2000, some sites could charge the sponsor five. Sure. You know, if, if that's where you want to make some margins, that's fine. I purpose, I, I, I don't because then if they push back. Um, so I, I'm going to actually say, Chris, I think you're wrong on Creo. I think they kind of charge us all because they have a charge sheet on their website. Like, so when a study sponsor has, has asked me, Hey, like what's Creo's cost? I'm like, well, let me show you their charge sheet. Here's, here's from their letterhead, what I'm being charged. And I'm not asking for more than that. It's a pass through cost to you. Well, there's also and things you can do to play around with the numbers. So like there's the actual cost, but then there's, okay, but now I need to train all my staff on using it for your study or creating. So there's, there's creative things. Chris has actually done. I actually looked at one of your budgets the other day, cause I had to input it in Creo. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. The problem with a lot of this stuff, like there's fees for everything, remote monitor fee, audit fee, dry ice fee. There's like 80 things the way Chris wow. goes through it. Like there's a little debate about when do you even invoice all this stuff? Because I don't have a full-time person to just invoice. Like it's me. And when I'm not doing a study visit or something, like I have to actually sit down and do it. So Chris's strategy has been wait till closeout visit and, and bill all that stuff. But I know some people need cash flow quicker. That's all another discussion maybe on when you invoice all these things. Because it's nice to get it, but then someone's got to go through it and actually put in the work. And I know Creo has the one one click invoice, but you have to still create it and set it up. That that takes time also. Mm -hmm. And to Jill's point, she mentioned that Creo has our rate card published. So if a sponsor mm -hmm. comes to you and asks, okay, what are the rates? What are the fees? Provide me with documentation. We support all of our client sites with that information. 
in addition to other resources if they need to do education about what CREO is, what are the solutions that it involves, and what's the value to all the stakeholders stakeholders involved, the site, the CRO, and the sponsor. Um, we have created these resources to assist our sites within the process of getting the technology reimbursed by sponsors. Um, but I also don't want to lose um, part of the fact that regardless of a single cent or dollar is being paid from the sponsor for technology in a study, the instant return on investment in terms of time savings for your staff, um, elimination of filing paper documentation, storage of paper documentation for 15 years, um, the decrease in queries and then subsequent monitor, um, the decrease in protocol deviation, so then subsequent monitor, follow-up queries and all of the work that entails. Um, so I think even- Archiving with- alone is worth it. We used to have to get Iron Mountain, like that is not cheap. No, that stuff. That stuff's going up in cost like everything else too. I think everyone had a love-hate relationship with Iron Mountain storage at some point <laughs> in time. Um, can I ask a question of Robert? Um, yeah, so perfect. We're going to go to Robert in, next. Yeah, when it comes to study sponsors, and it goes back to Chris's point of jumping on the phone. I've also back, especially in the early days, where sponsors didn't have a line item for tech. They didn't. It was too new. I oftentimes would jump on the phone and say. Where do you have some play? Because I don't care if it's called tech I, it, or Creo or Creo line item. I don't care what it's called. I just need to cover that cost. And so I would sometimes jump on the phone and I'm like, can you give me more in a different category you do have? And so my question to Robert is, is when you guys, and, and I really don't know this after 20 plus years, it's interesting. This is new. Do you have a budget? I know you have an overall study budget. Like here's what we want this particular study to cost us. But do you have budgets that like this, we don't want any site going over X amount or how do you do it site by site? Is it, and is it fair across all sites or do some sites get a little more, I mean, maybe, maybe versus um, geography, but do you have it based off of experience or how do you guys figure that out on your end? You know, it, 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 there's not an exact science. It's a, it's a mixture of everything you just pretty much mentioned. Geographic location, obviously a um, ECG in, um, you know, Biloxi, Mississippi is going to be very different than San Francisco or, you know, California as a, as a quick example. Um, but I think what's more important to understand is, you know, you, we, we do have a study budget and then yearly we have an operational budget. So, you know, very oftentimes when you're working with privately funded biotechs, it's very different. Um, we are beholden to our investors, right? And the board of directors. So if, if they say you have $40 million to get this phase three study done, and I have to boil it down and look at, you know, here's our bucket of investigator grant payments for the duration of the trial. Here's the pass-through cost for the duration of the trial, including vendors and CRO. Here's our CRO direct service fees bucket, um, you know, and then how much money you have to leave yourself an inflation buffer there and you have to leave some negotiation room for yourself to understand what our projected forecasted cost per patient is going to be across all sites because we obviously send you a template. That template is, is you know, blinded to the fact of where your site may be located. So you may receive, let's just say for the sake of an argument, a $20,000 cost per patient, you know, budget, it's a template that everyone's receiving. You're like, I couldn't touch this study for under 32 K. Um, 
it comes back at the end of the day with, you know, we go back to our CRO partners. We have discussions. Hey, how much experience do you have with this site? You know, in this particular therapeutic area, oh, they've performed phenomenally, you know, very low deviation rate, phenomenal PSM enrollment rate, phenomenal, um, you know, response time to queries, really good communication. You know, in that case, we lean on their expertise, their database, which is not often made very, very public on what metrics they're sharing to make these decisions, Jill. But, you know, there, there is there is room to get it because at the end of the day, I'd rather pay 12K extra per patient, right, at a site that is going to deliver on what they're going to say versus sitting here and arguing and trying to spread it out amongst other sites where I may not get that return. So again, there's not a direct, there's not an exact science that I can give you in terms of a formula. However, we do have a budget and we can't really work outside of the confines of that budget. And we have to account for inflation. We have to account for change orders. We have to account for additional budgeted line items that may surface at another time. So, you know, yes, we have a high low range that we automatically approve to the CRO and their negotiators typically are, you know, trying to work within the confines of that. Um, and CROs are typically not at the liberty to walk away from a site because you're too high. They'll come back to us and say, hey, the site wants this, you know, are you able to approve it? And we either say yes or no. And again, I'm looking at, okay, well, I've already got 15 sites activated, <clears throat> not activated, but let's say budget and CTA signed. Um, you know, they're slated to be here. And I look at what's remaining in my bucket. And once that bucket is used up, Jill, like there isn't a printing press. I mean, there's not unlimited funding, right? So we do have to, you know, there, there's some, there, there's a ring we have to stay within, right? Even though I want to work with you and I'm like, wow, this site's phenomenal. It doesn't matter who I go to internally. We just don't have the funds to meet the requirements that your particular site may have. In that instance, we would have no choice but to just depart ways, right? So, you know, yes, there's the high-low range for everything with all variables considered, geographic, historical metrics. But then there just gets to a point where, you know, we just can't afford to do the business with you, just like you can't afford to do a business where your costs aren't going to be covered, right? So, you know, sometimes everything is very, very dependent on what is available to the sponsor for that particular asset, for that particular phase. And it just differs, you know, and once you start... You know, so if I give you guys what you want at, let's say, 32,000 a patient, 12,000 over the template, you know, obviously, you know, it's not sustainable. I can't continue to do that with all the other sites. Right. So um, there just comes a time where the, the entire budget gets used up and you have to be very careful because it's very difficult to project what's going to happen in the future. Right. Budgets that were negotiated in 21 for studies that are still ongoing right now are absolutely not fair anymore. Right. Like, I think we would all agree with that, but that's the dynamic of this. So in, in the scope of being fair and understanding what the cost of doing business is, I don't think anybody on this call would have forecasted what inflation is today versus two years ago. Um, uh, you know, that it, it's difficult to, to just kind of, forecast that. So we have to work in to anticipate this hyperinflation that we're seeing, right? To adjust budgets to keep enrollment going, because at the end of the day, that's what matters. Data quality, 
and getting enrollment done. Obviously, patient safety is first and foremost, but from a sponsor perspective, you know, we've got to close enrollment. We've got to hit those milestones because when we don't, everything else downstream is impacted. Sure. So, I mean, that would be my long-winded answer. And um, Stephanie is saying is what I'm saying. There is no way to know what the cards and sponsors are. I mean, yeah, Stephanie, you know, there, there isn't. Um, just like, you know, we don't know what's in your bank account, right? I, I was just going to say, that goes for both sides, though. Exactly. I mean, um, and the, but the reason I ask that is to kind of go back to Mia's point of when a study sponsor says, hey, we don't have that particular line item in our budget. Uh, something I've done, as you just said, you you give the CROs that are negotiating on your guys' behalf a high-low aspect. So if in maybe startup fees, I'm lower than that high, like sure. I'm just going to give out, you know, things like maybe the high low is five to 15,000 for startup, but maybe I'm at 10 that. So sometimes what I've done, and this is for the, the, the people listening is if they can't give me my three grand I need for tech or whatever, then I say, where else do you have three grand of cushion that you can approve? Like we can put that up into startup fees and we don't even have to bug the study sponsor about it because it's within that approval amount. Yeah, That's a really good way of, so this is to those people of working within Robert's confines, but still getting the costs covered that you need to get covered because I'm up in Boise, Idaho. So we're not going to charge what New York gets to charge or what LA gets to charge. So nine times out of 10, I've only actually lost two budgets. One was just happened to be last week because of our costs. Most of the time we're well within the high, low range of study sponsors because we're in Idaho, um, LA and Florida and New York, you might have other issues. I'm not quite sure, but the study sponsors know that as per Robert, like he knows geographically you're going to have higher costs. So, but there are ways to just jump on the horn. Like Chris said, do person to person. Hey, how are your kids doing? You know, and, and then say, you know what? I just really need to get this covered. Is there other places where I haven't hit that high yet? And yeah, cost shifting. So you just kind of move it to where it needs to go. I don't care what it's called. I just care that my costs at the end of the day are covered and that I can do the study and, and study sponsors, I, I'm going to tell you, they want sites to succeed. If you if you do it at such a low budget that you're out of business in a year, what does that do to them? And so study sponsors are not, so I'm speaking from the site, Robert, you're on, but you know, sites sometimes get this in their head that the big bad sponsors with all the money. But if you're a biotech company, you absolutely <laughs> don't. You're, you got shareholders is what you got. You got investors. It's not a bottomless pit. They can't print money. But if we all kind of go at it of, you know, it's a, we're all a team. They can't work without sites and sites can't work without study sponsors. And we all want to be fiscally responsible in this thing. Then I really honestly think it's, you know, 20 plus years in this industry. And I love it. Like, I just think 99.9% .9 of the people I've met in this industry have just been golden. If you could just get them one-on-one -on -one to chit chat and then they see you and then they <laughs> not, that high, them. not that high, not that high. I, I, no, I, love them. I, I used to consult. So one of the things I used to do is I did consult sites. So I would, you know, people could call me up and my LinkedIn profile might still even say I'm a consultant. I am not anymore. But I mean, truth of the matter is, is you, it's just about people and we all are out there to enhance medicine and the knowledge. And, and bring better quality of life to patients. I mean, that's everybody. That's everybody we're working in. I want to yeah, end this with real oh, quick. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, I just want to say, like, I, I really, I, I'm a big fan of cost shifting, right? Like, that is a huge, amazing tactic that a lot of negotiators need to really take into account and learn that. You know, Jill, maybe you can make some videos and teaching people on how to cost shift because I rather than Jill on one on one, yeah, you know, th th just thinking about that because you know you're right. I mean, I see. 
closeout fees, pharmacy fees, setup fees, archiving fees, startup fees that are much lower compared to other sites. And it's not like I'm looking to come. I mean, you know, yes, it's great to deliver a study under budget, but at the same time, you're doing no service to yourself as a sponsor either because you're demotivating a site. Well, what you have to realize as a sponsor as well, you cannot be blinded to the fact that sites are constantly getting new studies or getting new awards. And if you're not competitive, your study is going to go to the bottom of the pile. It's really that simple. You're going to be deprioritized. So you want to be competitive from the beginning all the way through the end. And even if that means budget adjustments throughout the trial to remain competitive in a situation Chris, like we're in now is, Chris, is critical to keep in mind. Chris gets me like all this stuff. We're in the weeds and I want to end it with like high level question for everyone. But like none of it really matters if your overhead is low. Chris has been getting like 40% overheads recently for our budgets. Like who cares? If they don't have a remote monitoring fee, if I'm getting 40% instead of 20, I know some sites don't get any overhead. It's insane. Like, so shifting costs, I get it, but like there's big picture stuff everyone can do that kind of solves what 80% of the problems. Would you say Chris, just the overhead alone? I mean, all these dry ice fees, like these things I might not even ever bill for just because it's inconvenient for me. Well, dry ice, you definitely want to bill for. <laughs> that adds up, right? I'm actually I mean, thinking of buying a machine. Okay, that's one way to avoid it, but <laughs> you still get paid. You're still going to want to yeah. import for it, yeah. right? You still get we'll the same have every sponsor pay for our dry ice maker, and it'll be we'll actually make money by owning a dry ice maker. The, the overall, I guess, the way to summarize what's been said over the last five minutes is well, probably last 10 minutes, is sponsors have a total budget. And yes, you can get costs paid elsewhere so long as you haven't exceeded that total budget. It's that simple. I mean, High just... level, macro level, let's end it with this because we're in the weeds like too much now. Paper, I am never going back to paper, but there are some sites out there, until you force me, I'm never going to e-source. And I respect both sides of that. Do you think eventually everyone's going e-source? And, and Robert, I want to put this in a context with Robert said this thing that stuck with me because he has to allocate different all these buckets. There's nice to haves. There's must haves. What were the three things you said, Robert? Nice to have, must have. Yeah, and good to, good to haves. And good to haves. So what's e-source? I mean, it's a it's a changing dynamic. I'm going back. You guys all remember when we had triplicate, you know, CRFs, right? The the carbon copies. <laughs> yeah. You know, so my first study, oh five. This was what it was, paper CRF. You know, you so what I'm trying to say is it's going to take time. I would love nothing more. For example, my next study, which is gonna be pivotal sister studies, the one we're conducting now. Um I'm pushing very, very hard for strictly e-source and eliminating EDC altogether, you know, with, with the Creo platform. So I hope the industry moves in that manner. It's way more, you know, way more efficient. It's actually cost savings. Um, it gives us real-time exposure to the data as it's happening. 
Um, and I'm not talking scanning paper and uploading to a repository. I'm talking the full service that, you know, Creo, for example, has to offer where it replaces the EDC. So I'm very hopeful the industry will move in that direction. Paper should be obsolete. Um, and again, there, people just have to, you know, the people that have been in this industry 25, 30, 35, 40 years that are high ranking people in many different companies just don't see it that way, you know, and they need to be educated and we need to show them real world evidence on why this is efficient. But that's what my, that, that's my hope for the industry. I hope we do move to a complete e-source model. Well, isn't that in the sponsor's best interest? Doesn't it allow a little more? I, yeah, I mean, I exactly, Chris, right? Like I, yeah, that's my school of thought, but that doesn't necessarily mean the big players that are going to enable change like metadata came in when EDC first broke through. There was so much pushback to that, right? It took a lot. Yeah. I mean, this industry is 10, 15 years behind every everything else, right? I so, remember CRA's telling me in 05, we should, they, she was pulling papers and she that was like my first study. She said, everything's going EDC. I'm so glad I'm retiring because we're going to be extinct in two years. She was <laughs> saying there's not going to be CRAs anymore. Right. I'm That's hopeful as well that this is the way the industry is going. This is my own opinion, not the opinion of my companies. But I think the site selection process has really started to change in the past couple of years in terms of including information about e-source or e-regulatory and having remote monitoring capabilities at your site, especially in the event of a disaster or a global pandemic um, that you're equipped for success with those tools. And I've seen those questions start to come up on feasibility questionnaires. And I think it's going to be more and more common that those types of solutions are required because again, they benefit all of the stakeholders involved um, with the documentation. It ensures qualities built in upfront. It ensures investigator oversight. It's ensuring patient safety. I'll be fully transparent. I have conversations with some sites where I jump on board. I just, I tell them more about Creo and how you can be running your studies electronically. They'll look at it for 30 seconds, realize there's an audit trail on the data fields being collected and say, no, this won't work for us. Um, That's scary. Realist yeah, they still realistically, right. investigators aren't always on site, um, can't sign off on things in time, this won't work. I, we part ways. Um, there are sites out there that these, solutions are not built for and they are going to stand their ground and they're never going to adopt them and i think ultimately in the long run that might be for the best i think just my personal opinion i think because it's in the sponsor's best interest e-source i think once you see at least uh, i don't know what the percentage is but once you see a certain percentage of sites adopt some sort of e-source regardless if it's creo or somebody else i think you're going to see all sponsors push it like you're going to use our e-source, which is going to be somewhat of a nightmare, as I initially said, I think we were live, where sites are going to have to use learn to use all the different e-sources because sponsors are going to push their e-source. Um, I'm not jumping in that bad. Well, I'm going to learn what Jill learns. And just well, I don't know. You may not have an option if you want to work with Johnson & Johnson or Pfizer, right? They're not going to bend to your will, I don't think. Uh, I, I think we've already me, seen man. it. 20 years ago, we saw it. Because again, study sponsors used to require us to use their paper source. Okay. And again, if you've been around well, long enough, well, you saw well, the pendulum swing the other direction. And what we were saying in that first 20 minutes was 
I think that's the pendulum. Study sponsors are going to say, we want you to use our source. And then within five years, that pendulum is going to be like, wait, 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 we code of federal regulations say the sites own it. So okay, I think well, it's, we're going to be in that transition. Sure. Period. So, and this may be an apples to oranges, but it is an apples to oranges. I was going to say, so if you said to the sponsor, we're not using your EDC, we'll use this EDC. I mean, it, it's kind of similar. I understand it is different, but it's kind of similar. Right, sponsors yeah. have this tool they want to utilize. Right, um, I just think it's a possibility. I mean, it'd be great if Creo was was the standard of all sponsors, but that's not going to happen. Especially well, for sponsors here's, here's that, that have their own tech and they own it, they're going to demand you use it. I'm, I, I, but but here's why it'd be hard I hard to convince me otherwise. Sites. So, and I'm going to kind of tie in your dry ice and find you a solution for that. Um, <laughs> This is why sites want to use our own source, though, because our source ties to our, our our trial management software that invoices and creates invoices. So if all of a sudden I'm having to use somebody else's source, I don't have my financial tool that I track all my finances with. And as a site, I don't think it's a like to have or even a good to have. I think it's a must have. I did this again 10 years ago when CTMS programs were coming out and I was doing that. We went from Excel spreadsheets and tracking our costs that way and billing that way to CTMS. And if you program it right, it it pays for itself. Mm. Every East technology sure. will pay for itself because you will not miss things. So from a site's point of view, I want my source because what I do with dry ice is when I'm drawing a lab, it's creating my dry ice invoice. You don't have to wait till the end. Make it create a dry ice invoice the minute your coordinator says they drew that lab. Ah. It creates your dry ice invoice. So and I'm making my source room. Okay. I right. gotta, so just, yeah. you're, you're, you, you can program. So I, I don't like having to invoice either, Dan, because it takes yeah. too much time. So I don't want anything invoiceable if I can make it. Or I'm going to make it automatically done by my technology. Technology mm -hmm. has to work for us. That's the next and step I got to get. And it pays for itself. So even if the study sponsors didn't give me money for it, which I'll never accept, but even if they didn't, I, would, I wouldn't do a study without it. Okay. But if I all of a sudden have to use a different study sponsor's source, they better be providing me with a CTMS program right. that I can program just as easy sense. because yeah. otherwise I don't, I don't even know what to do with that. We would miss payments and it would, it, so I They'll think make you use something like Ariba. Have you guys used this Ariba thing? Mm -hmm. It's just the worst of I like, junk. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm not going to shout out who the sponsor is because I actually love them. If they're gonna start mandating stuff like that, I don't want. I might retire and just do something. We're gonna be like a CRA <laughs> with, the, with the carbon copy. Yeah, no, I, I, I think sites just have to get polite. Again, I go back to you have to be polite, but you have to tell the sponsor. The sponsor probably didn't even think about that. They're seeing no, it not. from their point of view. But again, if it keeps me from being able to to show my costs and to to line item things out you're putting me at a disadvantage and you're making me at risk. And again, study sponsors do care about the sites they work with. They, I've talked to too many study sponsors. Yeah, they, they do. do. They, they're on our side. They just have to understand why you're choosing to do something different. And if it means they have to manually enter, and you know, I love the direct data entering. We, I, I, you know, I think that's great. I'll do it every chance I get. Saves my coordinator's time. But if it's, if I'm using X program and they're using Y, then you know what? We're going to build in the cost of me having to enter stuff from Creo and my source into it. And that's why I was telling Mia, again, maybe this was before we got live. 
you, you have to still give sites the option. And if they want to use it, all in. But if they don't, there's got to be an alternative because sites have background stuff that has to happen for them that can't sometimes when we're asking them to use a different technology. Yeah. Respect. I like that. And I, I have, uh, I'm just using like the basic elements of Creo I've discovered. Like I've got the visits down and CTMS, but yeah, I need to do the invoiceables automatically. That's actually really Yeah, I was just going to say, now go fix your dry ice and then you'll be able to do it. And it ties to everything. Well, first I got to buy the machine. Then I got to build 10 sponsors <laughs> for it. So I make 10x what it's worth. Uh, and then we'll program it all in there. Anyone else? It's a big picture. Get yourself a Jill Hines. Get, get yourself a Sauber. If you can't, then do the education yourself. Understand the regulations. Understand your site. Um, operating procedures, your costs, um, and go into the negotiations already educated with the information that you need. And I think sites will be set up for, for success. Stephanie, can we get this t-shirt for SOS conference? It would be great if Creo was the standard by all sponsors. Chris Sopper, we want this t-shirt at SOS. Jill, are you coming to SOS? Uh, you know, I, have, I haven't decided yet. There's, it's, it's conflicting with one thing on my calendar, so I've got to make a choice. Uh, okay. But I would love to. I mean, like, can I help make the choice? What is the alternative? Uh, well, you're. I'm, I'm choosing between children, so uh. it's, it's if I can handle. You know, I don't know if you can really. Nah, you, know, you gotta go kids. Much with my you two amazing go. teenage daughters, but bring them um, with you. Bring them with you. Yeah, they would actually love the to go. There's, there's a gem and mineral show that week in Tucson, and it's like an event world. Global event. Well, we have a lot of family in Tucson, so that's the other part we could do. So yeah, 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 we make it work. See, it's just like negotiating. Like, just shift some cost over one bucket. Robert <laughs> said it's must have. It's nice to have. Now it's must have. There we go. Thank you guys. Like, subscribe, comment, share. Everyone's link is underneath this video, except Chris because he's unfindable anywhere. So everyone else, go follow them. Thank you guys so much. One of the easiest podcasts I've ever had to do. Wow. Well, it was a pleasure. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.